What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the channel. I'm John, the creative blue collar guy. And on today's episode, I have my guest, um, Andrew Riley, who I actually connected with on Instagram through McKenna from Rebellion Expeditions. And we're just going to kind of talk about uh, stuff that's been going on in his life and my life over the last two years, kind of how it's affected our, our career paths and jobs and whatnot. So I'm going to go ahead and bring him on now. What's up, Andrew? How's it going, man? Good, man. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. <clears throat> so I know we um, we've definitely DM'd a lot through Instagram. I think a lot of uh, kind of a lot of the memes and stuff that I put up, or even just screenshots of uh, news articles, usually have a lot to say. Where we're just rapid fire messaging back and forth and stuff. So uh, oh yeah, definitely thought we we'd have a lot to talk about uh, getting on here. So funny enough, I think actually the way that I kind of connected with you and came across your Instagram was at the same time that I was, I was putting some stuff up. McKenna was responding to it at the same time. I was texting with uh, a good old friend of mine, old mentor of mine who he works in an aerospace shop out here in San Diego. And I think still as of right now, they haven't issued any kind of mandates or anything as far as vaccines or, or whatever, but just kind of talking to him and asking you know, hey, what's going on? What are they doing at your shop? Can you retire early? And he said, no, I've got about four or five years left with that. So I kind of mentioned that to McKenna. I was like, oh yeah, stuff's getting crazy out here. I got this guy, he doesn't know what's going to happen with his work. And she asked me if it was you. And I'm like, I don't know who this person is, but now I feel like I need to follow him. So <laughs> I went over to your page and there it was. And because I was like, no, I was like, this is a personal friend of mine in San Diego, but somehow or other, she thought that I was talking about somebody all the way in Florida who I'd never met before. But well, it Here sounds like are, and... it sounds like it's pretty close together situation. <laughs> yeah, Minus so, the retirement um, part. Yeah, he's he's probably I think about fifty nine or sixty, and I, I was joking, just saying it will. Can you just retire early if they do that? Because he, uh, I guess his wife works for kind of like a shipyard type company, and she mm. pulled the religious exemption thing, which is kind of working up to a certain point. But he said his shop does so much government contracting and all sorts of stuff. He said if they mandate it, which I still don't think they have, luckily. Um, he said, yeah, I don't I don't know if I'll get away with the, the religious exemption with a company that does government contracting. But uh, anyways, it was just sort of a funny mix up that I'm talking about this guy that I personally know here in San Diego. And she's saying, oh, is it this guy? And said, well, no. But um, and then we, we became Instagram friends. <laughs> yeah, kind of worked out. Uh, so um, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about that. Like you're saying, that sounds kind of like a similar situation of kind of where your journey that has led you on from, you know, what you were doing, a different job you went to. Now you're kind of back at a different company that you were originally working for, but it's been a much better. Uh, it kind of gave you a little bit of a promotion, big time uh, bump to come back. So I guess just kind of maybe talk a little bit about that. <clears throat> so. Uh, back in 2015, after I graduated college, uh, well, I got out of the Navy and then I went right into college and uh, graduated in 2015 in uh, recording engineering for audio and music and stuff like that. And then um, my buddy uh, James offered me a job at the company, like right as soon as I graduated. So I was like, yeah, I need a job. That'd be great. So I went in and... Uh, I was just doing menial shop work in a warehouse. And then eventually I kind of like got on good terms with uh, people in the LED department. 
and uh, it's a the company works in the entertainment industry, so we do like uh, um, movies, TV shows, concerts, live events, corporate events, you name it, and uh, that's I. I saw the LED stuff and I fell in love with that. And it was really cool. Cause you get to go to really cool places, see cool people. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so I started doing the LED thing in 2015 and I worked doing that all the way until uh, the pandemic hit. And I, I still like vividly remember the day that that happened. Uh, we were setting up a demo for a thing called IAPA, which is a, uh, it's like a convention for theme park uh, companies. Okay. It's like the Comic-Con of theme park companies, basically, where like oh, nice. you go on the show floor and they have the actual ride seats and they have like virtual simulators and all crazy stuff on the floor. And uh, we had a bunch of jobs that we were supposed to be doing. And then on that day, like all the jobs just started canceling left and right and just falling off the, the screen. And everyone's just kind of like, what is happening? And uh, like on that day, like like all right, we got to call everybody in at four thirty or whatever to the to the the cafeteria, and then they told us like we got to put everybody on furlough. We don't know how long it's gonna be, and like everyone's just sitting there like pale faces, like they've seen a ghost. Just like yeah, what does this mean? Like what about my pay? What about my insurance? Yada yada yada. Nobody knew obviously. And uh, so then I went on unemployment for like three months looking for jobs. And uh, I really have an interest in uh, the space industry. And so I wanted to, I thought maybe this, this would be my chance to really force myself to leave what I was doing to go do that. Mm -hmm. You know, make that giant leap because doing a career change is a, is a big, uh, a big step. Oh yeah, it, it can be it can be kind of scary when you when you do that. And uh, so I I applied to an aerospace company, and luckily they they thought I was good enough. So I was fortunate enough to be hired and work there, uh, doing assembly for uh, like Hellfire missiles and F thirty five parts and Apache oh, nice. and stuff. <laughs> Making some pretty crazy stuff every day. Yeah, and it, it was a great job. I yeah. I, I loved it. Um. But then they started coming down with that mandate stuff. And yeah. I'm not about that. I'm not right. about like the, the coercion stuff, like especially when it comes to me and my own body. I don't, I don't think that anybody else should be telling me what should and should not be going in my body regardless right. if it's the plague or not. I don't care. <laughs> like it could be the plague and I still – want it to be my decision if I'm going to be doing something to myself. Yeah. And uh, this strong hand of the government coming down and practically forcing everyone or you lose your job. Yeah. That's insane to me. Like that blows my mind that people even go along with that. Mm -hmm. And I think it and, definitely probably hits people more that have families if they're thinking, you know, they've got kids, if they, you know, whatever, like all of a sudden people are having to decide between, you know, being able to feed their family or, you know, taking this thing that they're sort of like, I'm not really sure if I want to, you know, take this experimental drug or, you know, whatever that was rushed out in less than a right. year. Right. <clears throat> well, I, I had 
in 20, like right after the, the pandemic started, like everything was shutting down. I was in the process of buying my house oh, and dude. <laughs> it was a nightmare. It took, it took, uh, probably like three more months longer than it should have. And, uh, I was so stressed out at the time. And because if I didn't get the house, I was already living there. I, I've been renting it for five years and the, okay. the homeowners sold it to me. And if I didn't get it, like if I didn't get approved for the house, whatever it was, I'd have been on the street, nowhere else yeah. to look like, cause I was, I was certain I was going to get the house, but you never know. Like, something could come up or whatever. Yeah. And then, and the pandemic happened and that just threw like a wrench in the, in the spokes. And, uh, I, I eventually got the house thankfully. Yeah. Uh, but when all that happened, like, I didn't know how I was going to pay for my house. I didn't know where the next paycheck was going to come from. I was applying to like all different warehouse types jobs, like for Coke doing yeah. forklift stuff or, and that was one that I mentioned to you before that they that they said I was overqualified for. <laughs> like I don't care. I need money. <laughs> right. And uh, and that was considered an essential job. And what I do now is not considered an essential job because it's right. entertainment. Yeah, you're saying that whole industry shut down. You know, they hit the brakes last year. So yeah, that's tough. And it's it's only just now, like uh, the past several months, been really starting to come back. Yeah. Like June, July, everything started to really pick up again which I'm thankful for. Uh, yeah. Well, especially at where you are too. I mean, you, Florida started reopening way before California did. I mean, we were, I, I felt like we were locked down for almost a year before we could even like, eat at a restaurant outside. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, we've been, I'm not trying to like make Florida sound great, like better than everybody else, <laughs> but I'm, but we've been open for so long that you kind of almost forget that other States are, still locked down or have all these mandates and all that stuff. Cause here yeah. it's, it's, I mean, every now and then you'll go to a, a, bill, a company that wants you to wear a mask, but most places don't care. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean like you, uh, you, you'll see a sign when you go in and it says like recommended to wear a mask mm -hmm. or we highly encourage, but you don't have to. Yeah. And no one says anything if you don't. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I noticed that like when I was out there, you know, Walt Disney world, obviously Disney has their policies and, and, you know, whatever with, you have to wear a mask indoors and stuff. But uh, even there, like Walt Disney world was only closed for what, I think three or four months. Disneyland here in California was closed for 13 months or a year and a month. Uh, same company, but it just different it's states of what they couldn't, couldn't wild do. to me. Uh, when I, back in April, when I went and visited my folks in Idaho, uh, it's kind of funny to think in April, like it feels like it was 10 years ago, but, um, they moved out there in January. So in April went out and visited and same thing, California is still super locked down. A lot of stuff is still outdoors only masks everywhere and go to Idaho and same thing. The signs were still kind of up that were like re recommended, required, whatever. But so you walk into a restaurant, not a single employee is wearing a mask. So you rip your yeah. mask off and burn it and say, okay, you know, they don't, or <laughs> we'd go walking up to like a store or something that my parents wanted to show us. And the employees go, Oh, you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to. I'm like, Oh my God, I need to move here. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really nice. I, cause I, I, I absolutely hate having to wear a mask and I've refused to like cooperate or I'm always that guy that isn't wearing it. Right. Cause mm. I, I've, like personally, I have like a deviated septum, so it's hard for me to breathe out of my nose. And when I have the mask over my nose and it's all 
trapped in there, it gets kind of hard to breathe. So I always wear it under my nose. Yeah. But I don't wear a mask. I always wear one of those gaiters mm-hmm. and just throw it up over the back of my hat, put it up under my nose, and nobody says anything. But that's when I'm like at work. Yeah. Anytime I leave, I, I don't ever put one on again. Yeah, and when I went to that meetup on Thursday with the the whole Nerdrotic crew and going to see the new Spider-Man movie, um, the mask mandate had just gone into effect the day before. So I was really curious to see what the movie theater was going to do. So we rolled up. The lady at the door scanning tickets was, oh, you guys need to wear masks, whatever. And some people kind of pushed back and some people put it on. But then they took two steps past the woman scanning the tickets (laughs) to put their mask off. And the whole rest of the evening, roaming around the theater, getting drinks, getting popcorn, going to the bathroom, that like not a single person said a word after that. So it's like they told us at the door, but then once we were inside, we're like, <laughs> they probably don't care. And they probably just did that just for like to cover their liability. Their yeah. Yeah. And then the bar that we went to afterwards, I mean, you walk into that bar, you'd think it was 2019 or something. There's no signs. The bartender wasn't wearing them. There was no. There's a long time here where there was like plexiglass around the bars and everything. There's tape on the floor and everything is six feet apart. And this is so stupid. But that one of the (laughs) one of the weirdest things to me is the restaurant thing where they make you put the mask on to go through the door and then you walk to your table and take it off. Yep. Like (laughs) that makes absolutely no sense to me. COVID won't attack you if you're sitting down, though. Yeah. But yeah, the like the shop that I was working for previously, I left that job back in July. Uh, When all this stuff came down last year, they implemented masks at work and stuff. And um, at one point they even, because we were, we were just a production shop. There's only one shift. Every, everyone was Monday through Friday, seven to three 30. That was it. Like there was no night shift, no nothing. Um, But they, they split us up into like a temporary second shift to, you know, spread people out and whatever. And I'm, I'm over in my corner running machines. I'm easily probably more than 20 feet away from my nearest coworker. And we're kind of on our opposite sides all day. There's no reason to cross paths or interact much. I'm like, like I'm already like way over here by myself all day, but now you're going to change my shift and have me come in and work like, you know, two in the afternoon to 10 30 at night or something, because you know, we're all scared and we're all wearing masks. Okay. All right. We're following their stupid rules. Um, and what they did with that too is they basically took all of the good employees that will work well unsupervised and actually work because of course none of the managers wanted to disrupt their schedule. You know, all the managers right, of still wanted to managers still wanted to be out of there by three o'clock, five o'clock, whatever. Um, so it's like they kind of rounded up all of the good employees and punished us by saying, "Hey, like you work really well unsupervised, you get to work the second shift now." Like, oh, that's that's cool. <laughs> and. Uh, then when we all went back to one shift, they like split our lunch breaks where some guys would go at 10, 15 and then other guys would go at 1130. And I'm like, what difference does this make? <laughs> like, uh, when the vaccine thing started coming around, they would come around once in a while and just ask, you know, oh, have you gotten one or both of the shots? And some people would say yes. And every time I'm like, no, They're like, are you planning to? And like, no. Oh, oh, OK, that's OK. And they'd walk away. And the. Uh, <laughs> I left there oh, in okay. July, so if I if I had to bet money on it, I would bet that they're requiring the the shot now too. Um, but luckily, I'm out of there. So where I'm at now, there's no no vaccines, no masks. Um, a couple months ago, actually, we're in a really small shop, and like three of the guys in my shop actually did get sick. The rest of us got tested. We we're all clean, so we we're like, oh, okay. 
maybe it's not that scary. <laughs> well, at the aerospace job that I was at, they were like, obviously at their government contract works, they, they had to abide by that or whatever it was. And it was like really strict. Yeah. And there's no like if, ands or buts you can, you can submit a religious, religious exemption, mm-hmm. but even then they'll go through it and they'll determine what your religion is and if it's legitimate, <laughs> right? Like you yeah. have to put that, like, it was like 20 question questionnaire to fill out your religious exemption. And then, mm-hmm. uh, then the, the open part at the bottom where you can write down everything you want to say about, uh, why you're applying and everything like that. And it was one of, one of my coworkers, he didn't want to get it either. And he, he's legitimately like really religious. And, uh, he, by the time I I'd, I'd left, he was, he believed that he probably would get it, but he still wasn't sure. Yeah. And I, luckily the company I work for now contacted me like right at the perfect time because the deadline was coming up. The deadline was supposed to be uh, December 8th, but you had to have other deadlines before that because, you know, you got to get one shot, then two weeks, right. and another shot or whatever. And luckily, the company I work for now reached out to me right before the first deadline was supposed to be when you're supposed to get your first shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like I dodged a bullet with that. And even even though the company knew I was leaving, they still wanted me to fill out the religious <laughs> exemption sheet because I felt like that was one of the only ways I could do it without ever having to actually get the shot. Yeah. So I just, why not? Just filled it out. And they sent it back to me saying that I need to include more detail or explain more about <laughs> my religion <laughs> or whatever it is. And I'm like, my supervisor came up to me and he's telling me like, hey, you got to fill this out or whatever. I'm like, even though they know that I'm leaving, I still got to do this. Like my ne- my last day is like Thursday. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you should still do it. Even if you're still here, because technically you're still an employee. I'm like, okay, sure. But I left them on good terms just in case if I ever did want to go back and none of this nonsense is yeah. still being pushed. And in case if I ever do change my mind, and want to go back into aerospace. I can always use them as a reference if I don't go to another company. Sure. But uh, the company I'm with now gave me a huge promotion. Now I'm the, uh, the, the head of the department for LED. Uh, and they gave me a giant raise and I couldn't have said, I would have been an idiot if I said no. <laughs> Cause he originally That's reached awesome. out to me back in May and they're like, Hey, do you want to come back? And I'm like, what are you offering? And they're like, it's a part-time thing, kind of come in here and there and QC stuff. And I'm like, I can't leave my full-time aerospace job yeah. to go to a part-time here and there kind of thing. He's like, okay, well, I'll leave you on the list and I'll reach back out in a few months. I'm like, okay, sounds good. And sure enough, he did. And he followed through with it, which is awesome. I'm, I'm really excited that I'm back to where I was, yeah. you know, but yeah, in I mean, a better, definitely... a better <laughs> position. It definitely seems like a cool industry to be working in. So seeing like some of the stuff that you post and some of the stuff that you've sent me in DMs and um, 
it's like just a few weeks ago, I went to a Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert and they, I mean, they're LED and lights and set up and everything. And I just, I go to concerts like that. I've seen Tool a handful of times mm-hmm. and just performances and stuff that have these rad light setups. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then I'm seeing like, that's kind of, maybe not for concerts, but it's like kind of along the same vein of, you know, the type of stuff that you're setting up and running. And um, I think that's a super cool industry to be working in and be constantly all over the place, setting up different events, different you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's rad that you got back into that and that it, it worked out well for you, you know, pay wise and everything. Oh yeah. Is that if I, if I decide to come out there to Florida, I might be hitting you up for a job. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I, uh, I've, I've, I started back with them, uh, November 1st. And, uh, since then I've been like building my team, mm-hmm. like finding people who aren't at the company that I either used to work with or that I that I know are good workers or whatever, and I like them or whatever, and I'm like trying to pull them in to work for me. Yeah. And uh, so far, so good. Two for two so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But <clears throat> mm. overall, so that was kind of just your one job that was requiring a lot of stuff. How would you say living in Florida uh, mostly is different from, cause like you're saying, you kind of forget how other States are kind of locked down. Like what's, what's going on out there as far as when you go out to a bar, out to a restaurant, a concert, like. Uh, with events, they want to check your vaccine card or a oh, test. So they are still doing that out there. Okay. Well, they, they just for like live events, it's up yeah. to the venue. Uh, I believe it's up to the venue uh, or the artist and um, they'll either ask for your vaccine card or you have to show proof that you've taken a test within like, was it like 72 hours or something? Yeah. And then um, restaurants, bars, uh, stores, all that. I rarely ever see anybody wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. You'll come across a few every now and then, but mostly nobody wears them. Uh, nobody cares. Even if, even if, uh, like, nobody ever says anything about it either. Like, they don't confront you. Like, I always hear like all these people always confronting other people about putting the masks on and stuff like that. I haven't seen that personally. Yeah. So it's basically like they still kind of have the signs up, or is it like you're sort of supposed to, but no one's enforcing it? Or the companies will have signs up, but that's probably just because they're like you said liability stuff mm-hmm. but uh other than that you don't really see or hear anything about it right because I, I know like your governor has been very vocal about you know being open and yeah going back to normal and you're just you know they're still boasting some of the lower cases as compared to california um i think last been... i don't know about this month but I, I think last month they said that florida had the lowest out of the whole country yeah imagine that it's funny like i've been following closely a lot of uh like bands and artists and people that are touring that like you're saying it's kind of it's like a multiple tiered thing of what they can require for shows it's either the state can require it the city can require it or the venue can decide to require it or the band can even request it Mm -hmm. um 
there's a, a venue here. It's a little bit of a smaller venue, but it still gets bigger, like touring acts that comes through town. Uh, back in, I think it was late August, early September, went and saw one band there. No, no problems, no papers, no nothing. And walked in, place was packed. Okay, had fun. Two weeks later, show we already had tickets purchased for everything. All of a sudden, they're coming back. Oh, well, for this particular show, you need to either show your card or get a negative test. So it just it's the same venue, but because the band, the other band requested it, and it's just this thing is stupid. There's uh, this one artist I've been following. He's sort of like a he's a younger guy, but he's like very old school, like cowboy country named Coulter Wall. He's from oh. Canada. Oh, yeah, I know. I know Coulter Wall. Yeah, not so personally, a, but I, I know. <laughs> so he's he's Canadian, right? But um, he uh, he had a, a handful of tour dates scheduled, and then he he posted a thing on his social media, and he he stays very much out of the political realm. Like he wasn't really saying anything one way or the other. Of you know, kind of just like here, it's like I'm not trying to tell anyone else what they should do. I'm just saying that uh, this is what I'm doing, and I don't like the fact that I'm basically being told like you can't. Uh, you can't go out into society if you don't do this thing. So he just, he kept it kind of neutral, but you could read between the lines that he was basically saying, I'm canceling all of these tour dates because things are constantly changing. And he's like, A, I don't want to deal with it. B, I don't want my fans to deal with it. So he just said, okay, shows are canceled. Um, then he came back out and posted another handful of tour dates. Of course, none of them are in California. And I kind of wondered, I said, well, I wonder if, he's just now booking at places that are going to have, you know, no, um, no mandates because I've heard, just, I've heard of a lot of artists who are, who are doing that. Yeah. And even comedians too, like JP Sears. Um, I don't know if you follow him or you've heard of him. He does mm -hmm. some pretty hilarious videos on YouTube and stuff. He, um, which is actually funny because he was just in San Diego. Is he, the, is he the guy with the long hair, long red hair? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, He's he was funny. just in. He was just in San Diego, I think, last night or two nights ago. I looked at it, tickets for like eighty dollars. I was like, "Yeah, I don't think I'm, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to that Damn. one." But um, I was like, he again, he had canceled tour dates because of mandates and requirements and this and that and the other. And all of a sudden, he's coming to San Diego. I'm like, you you realize where you're coming to, right? Like, so I guess the the comedy club that he was playing at. Um, wasn't requiring any of that stuff. I know last year that place was doing their damnedest to stay open despite whatever the government was trying to do at one point. Cause the, this one comedy club that he was at, it's in downtown San Diego when it was okay, you guys can do stuff outside. They literally just set up a really narrow row of seats, sold very limited tickets and had the comedian and the people like on the sidewalk on the streets in downtown San Diego for a comedy show. They're just like, Damn the man, we're we're open, we're doing this. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Chrissy Mayer does that too, right? Like she she only books places that doesn't require that. Who's that? Chrissy Mayer, the comedian. I don't know if I've heard of her. She's on uh, FNT. Oh, okay, so this is actually kind of funny. When I was at that meetup the other night, um, <clears throat> everybody knew Gary and Nerdrotic and Friday Night Tights and all this and. Throughout the night, every so often, somebody would yell out, like, you know, all hail Friday night tights. And everyone else would yell, all hail. And I'm just kind of, at one point, like, I leaned over to McKenna. And I was like, I think we're the only two people here that don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I had, like, sort of heard of Nerd Roddick before because some of Jay's videos where I think he was out here in California maybe a year ago when Ryan still lived here. And um, 
he like did a video or he's like, I've, I've made it to the lair and I, I whatever. Yeah. And it was something about nerd Roddick, but I was like, Oh, okay. Like that's really cool. And I just, I didn't really know who he was. And then uh, Maxfield sent me the, the info about the meetup. Um, Cause he was Max, I think lives probably just an hour, maybe an hour and a half away from me. And he came down here for comic con about a month ago. So I reached out to him and said, Hey, you know, if you're going to be in San Diego for comic con, like let's get together, let's grab a beer. And he, uh, <laughs> sorry he ended up he ended up being busy and uh, which is fine because he and gary were doing the the comic con thing and he just i think he just came down for one day and then headed back up mm-hmm. but he goes oh yeah he's like there might be you know this big youtube meetup going on for the spider-man movie you know i'll let you know and i kind of let it lie for a couple days and then i asked him i said well i'm just kind of curious like if this happens like do you have any idea where it's going to be like is it going to be in los angeles is it going to be in orange county and he sent me the thing it's it's like 10 minutes away from where I live. I was like, Oh, perfect. I'll be there. Um, nice. and then came to find out, Oh, it was nerd Roddick that was hosting it. Um, and I guess it was also sort of his, uh, leaving California party. So I guess he's, yeah, I think he's going to Texas. Yeah. It was like no. his, uh, final meetup, uh, in California kind of going away thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was kind of funny. Yeah. First, like just becoming aware of this guy and meeting him for the first time and like, Oh, this guy lives in San Diego, but you're moving. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary's Gary's a cool guy. Yeah. Obviously like I didn't really get much chance to talk to him a whole lot because everybody there knew who he was and everyone was, you know, pulling him in every which direction. But, um, right. uh, I was just kind of hanging out with Max and, uh, one of the veterans that McKenna did interview, uh, Roman, he lives mm-hmm. the same thing right here and kind of right in my neighborhood where I grew up. So I was just sort of hanging out with that crew all night and chatting with a few other people. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's crazy with the the live events and the the stuff like, so when I saw that JP Sears is coming to San Diego, I'm like, man, like we're super locked down right now. And I know he won't go for that. Um, what else there was? Oh, I saw Foo Fighters had uh, announced some tour dates and they actually canceled one of them because one of the venues they were performing at, I forget where, said no to their protocols of, you know, showing papers or whatever. Like the band came and said, hey, we want you to do this for the venue and everyone coming in. And the venue said no. So the Foo Fighters canceled the show. And I read that and I just thought, oh, dude, like rock, yeah, they, and, roll is de- rock and roll is dead. <laughs> they're like really strict about their their stuff, I heard. Yeah, With, they, they, as far as the, the, the passports go. Yeah, the Foo Fighters did. Um, so like, they, girl, what are you doing, man? I know, right? It's like you were the drummer in Nirvana. Look at you now. Like, <laughs> he's, he's usually like a super cool guy, and like, yeah, he's made some great documentaries and stuff about like studio uh, recordings and stuff, and talking to other people in the industry that work in the studios. But then when I started hearing that he's like really pushing that passport stuff like he's not going to perform if they don't do it it's like right what are you doing man to some degree like i still disagree with them and i still think they're wrong but to some degree i think musicians more than anyone are really feeling the strain of this because oh yeah especially now like with streaming services and stuff like musicians pretty much didn't make money off of their albums and off of like their recorded music anyways and then enter in spotify and you know all this other stuff like there's no money to be made in recorded music anymore. So it's like, if you're not on the road, if you're not touring, you're not getting paid. Maybe right. not so much the Foo Fighters. I'm pretty sure Dave Grohl is set. But <laughs> some of these newer, like up and comers, somebody like Coulter Wall or something. Um, if they're the not on the of their, road. 
the majority of their income is the the merch sales. Yeah. And even then I found out recently the reason why concert merch is so expensive is because the venue takes a massive cut of that. Like yeah. you buy a shirt on their website, it's twenty bucks. You buy the t shirt at the concert, it's fifty bucks, but it's because the venue's taken like forty percent of that or something. But um In my uh, <clears throat> one of my best friends is the stage manager for House of Blues. And uh his his girlfriend uh does the merch stuff and they were talking about uh exactly what you were just talking about about the percentages and stuff like that with one artist because one artist uh cut short or something like that and they, they left without having to sort out the the money or whatever it was i don't know yeah. but the venue does take a good portion yeah they they got their hands in everything. That's why beers are fifteen bucks. That's why shirts are forty, fifty bucks, whatever. But um, even with the Foo Fighters thing, I remember reading back when when live music was finally coming back. They said, "Okay, live live music is back. We have concerts again." They did first. Foo Fighters did a really really small intimate show at like an undisclosed location, where exactly that you had like every person that walked in that door had to show a vaccine card to get in. I don't even think they were allowing anyone that showed a negative test. It was like, you must have both shots to, to get into this small show. And then they did um, Madison Square Garden. And it was like this big deal about how they got to reopen Madison Square Garden and how many bands get to say that, which is okay. That's a cool thing to do. But then I think a few weeks after that, they were supposed to come out and play the forum in LA. And they had to postpone it because people within their camp got sick. And again, like I'm not wishing any kind of ill will upon anyone. I'm not pointing and laughing and saying, oh, ha, like you got it after all. Like I don't like you get sick, you get sick. I'm not going to laugh at you and say I told you so. But it's so ironic to look at some of these bands that are being so, so strict with the people that they're allowing into their shows and everyone on their road crew and everything. And they're still getting it. And you try to explain this to people and they're like, well, the, at least they weren't hospitalized. Like, they probably wouldn't have been anyways. We don't know that. <clears throat> The, uh, the 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 whole thing about the compliance. What I don't get is the the lack of critical thought. Like why why don't why don't people just ask questions, especially when they they hear like a lot of the people that are still getting sick, are the vaccinated? Hundred percent. And no one just stops for a minute to think like, wait a minute, <laughs> maybe I maybe I don't need to get a vax. Or a poke. But that's, again, like I, the the people that I have that kind of push back on some of the stuff I post on social media, which I'll admit 99% of the time, it's it's a polite enough exchange where we're on opposite ends of the spectrum. We disagree, but nobody walks away mad at each other. We're not name calling or doing anything like that. But when I do try to explain that to some of these people and they say, oh, they weren't hospitalized. They weren't this. They weren't that. I said, okay, yeah, but seriously, like, look, look at the data. Look, everyone that's getting it now, especially this new variant, they're all vaccinated. A lot of them have been boosted even. Um, right. This is months ago before the boosters and before the latest variant, but I have a personal friend of mine. She and her husband were both fully vaccinated for months. She still got sick. Her husband didn't. She's still months later dealing with not having her sense of smell and taste fully back. Her hair's falling out. Like, and she's vaccinated. So what? it's like, what? yeah. And it's her just hair's like, falling why? Out? Yeah. I mean, I don't think she's going like, 
bald, but she's saying like it's it's thinner, it's coming out. <clears throat> and I hadn't heard of that as a side effect of this, but she sent me an article and I went, Oh my god, like that's that's crazy. Like uh, for me, I would be worried about getting like I'm a healthy guy, but I, I would worry about like that myocarditis stuff. Yeah. You and know, Joe like, Rogan talked a lot about that when he had Sanjay on his show. Yeah, like I don't wanna do the poke just to, you know, get along, but then worry about getting a, a heart condition Yeah, that I could have like for the rest of my life or something. Uh, no, that's, that's just like one of the things I, I don't think I have it saved anywhere in my photos, but it's a meme or a screenshot or whatever you want to call it. But the, um, oh shoot, what was it now? Now I'm wishing I actually had it. Cause there was something. Oh, the, uh, they're saying like not questioning the science is one of the most unscience things ever, or it's, it's something to that effect of saying, it's like saying that the science is settled. It's like, that's not how science works. Like science is yeah. you ask questions. Always, you, yeah. Yeah. You ask questions, you do research, you, um, you know, and it's funny enough, that was actually when I listened to that Joe Rogan uh, podcast with, I'm probably going to butcher his name, San, Sanjay Gupta. Um, Sanjay Gupta. Gupta. Yes. So even though they very much disagreed on, you know, what's going on in the world now, they kind of started the episode of him, of Joe saying why he wanted to have him on the podcast. And he said it was because Sanjay, as a medical professional, health expert, uh, CNN, whatever, that he actually changed his mind about uh, marijuana. And again, however people feel about it, the pros, cons, whatever he was saying that, you know, obviously we know where Joe Rogan is at with all this stuff. Um, and he thought that for the position that this guy was in and, you know, working at a university and, a, a, you know, health health expert, blah, blah, blah. He's like, it was kind of ballsy for him to like write this whole paper and to change his mind on, you know, the benefits of cannabis and, and all that sort of stuff. So they sort of started with that common ground of, at the time, the scientific community said, science is settled marijuana is bad and then this guy came along and wrote a paper that he very well could have lost his job over saying maybe it's not because <laughs> he questioned yeah. science you know now they're saying the science is settled that's like that's not how science works <laughs> especially with like day to day you see how the it evolves every day like there's something different every day how is it settled when when things change or things they told you three weeks ago isn't the same Right. Or even something that they told you yesterday might not be the same tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how well, like, how, how many times are they going to move like a goalpost? Yeah. You know? And, and I can accept the fact that, you know, it's, it's something, it's a very new virus. You know, even the people that are doing their due diligence to try to figure it out, they don't know, like there's no long-term it hasn't been around for 10 years, 20 years. So there's, there right. isn't a lot of research to be done. So to those people that are kind of doing what they're trying to do, I understand that it's constantly changing. They're constantly learning, but like you're saying, constantly moving the goalpost of, okay, well now we think this will keep you safe. Oh, well, uh, well now we think this will keep you safe. And you know, the funny thing with California right now too, is I think how they put out this memo mask mandate, whatever for the entire state, but somehow San Francisco is uh, exempt. <laughs> Just that city. What? what? And the governor, the governor has a winery up there in Napa Valley, so I'm sure they'll probably be exempt. 
Oh yeah. Just like how <laughs> he was he was spotted at what was that place called? Like French, French laundry. laundry or you know, I I talked to some people about that, especially when the recall election was coming around and everyone was asking me like why I hated Newsom so much. And and at this point, you know, I always hate I always hate the side of politics where it becomes right versus left or, you know, mm -hmm. oh, I'm a Republican and you're a Democrat, so we can't be friends. I'm like, that that shit bugs me. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like this is no longer a political thing of right versus left. Or if you voted for the guy, like I tell people all the time, I'm like, guess what? You can vote for someone and then still come back and go, mm, I don't like that thing that they're doing. Like you don't have to agree with everything that someone You're does. You're still allowed to criticize. Because because you voted for them. Yeah. Um when the French laundry thing happened and then the recall election finally moved forward. People are like, oh, but like why what this and that and the other? And like the while the state was shut down while people were losing their businesses, people were losing their livelihoods. We're being told that if you take one step outside your door, you have to put a mask on and whatever. And then this guy is spotted with, because I think at that point they said, don't gather with people outside of your household or groups larger than six or what. I, I forget. I don't know. It changed every day. Um, but he's sitting at this restaurant shoulder to shoulder with people he doesn't live with. No one's wearing masks. They're, they're rubbing elbows. They're laughing, they're drinking, they're dining. And, I forget the dollar amount on what it costs per plate to even be there, but it's probably more than I make in a year. And uh, just all these photos surfaced and everyone's like, Oh, but well, well he made a mistake and he owned up to it and he apologized. And like, he didn't make a mistake. He knew damn well what he was doing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Like and, no. and he, Don't not only does he know what he he's doing, <laughs> not only does he know what he's doing, he's the one who implemented those policies anyway and still yeah. disregarded it. Yeah, like the people that are telling us this is what's keeping you safe are not even following those same rules. I can't yeah, remember the name of the woman that it was. I just saw this thing yesterday and I should have snapped a screenshot of it. But some other, I don't know, politician or healthcare expert, something was seen on a plane with no, not even just her mask pulled down, like no mask on at all. But apparently whoever this individual is, is another one that's big on masks and mandates, whatever. And she's flying no mask anywhere on her body. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I rules wish I could remember thee, who but, it was, but what what is it? Rules for thee, rules but not for me. Yeah, there's um, there's a local brewery here in town that about this time last year they did a really limited run of a beer and a T-shirt that had a picture of Gavin Newsom on it, and like some of the text was like across his eyes, but otherwise you could clearly see it was Newsom, and the beer was called "Do as I say, not as I do" IPA. <laughs> the shirts and the beers <laughs> sold out in 24 hours. <laughs> That's awesome. I go to other breweries around town and stuff, and people come up. They're like, "Where did you get that shirt?" I'm like, "Bro, that's that's long gone." I'm surprised they haven't done a second run of them. <laughs> you think they would, but uh, yeah. some of the like, I got a friend who uh, works for a brewery, and uh, they only do like limited runs just for like one time. Yeah, even if it sells a lot, you know. Yeah, I was I was out at my my one favorite local brewery here one day. This is months ago, but. Um, I'm just sitting there having my beer or whatever. And finally, this guy comes up to me. He's like, man, where did you get that shirt? And I tell him, he goes, oh, it's like, I saw it. And, you know, I just called the brewery to see if they still had any. And this was, I don't remember how many months ago, but I was like, dude, like the, those, like they sold them in December and they were sold out in December of last year. <laughs> like, they yeah. Were like fun. they had the, like a, an event at the brewery or whatever, and they have shirts for it and stuff. Well, it was just, they kind of put it out on their social media. Cause I think at that time, hmm. um, 
I think they might have still only been doing to-go sales at the time because I remember just like popping in there real quick and just being like, hey, like, do you guys still have any of the shirts and the beers? And they're like, yeah. I said, okay, I'll take a large and a four pack. And like, All right. But I, there was nobody in there like sitting down drinking. So I think it was literally just go in, buy your shit and get out. Yeah, um, no, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it's every time I wear it, I get so many compliments on it. And I'm just like, man, you guys need to do another run of this or something. But yeah. <clears throat> and in California too, that's, that's surprising. And it's kind of funny, like that brewery is actually in kind of a hipster type of neighborhood where I would feel like you wouldn't normally pretty, see something like that. Like I would feel like they're pretty liberal. Um, yeah. Because I think you probably saw all those screenshots and stuff I was putting up the other day from the this uh, Facebook beer group that my friend added me to. Um, some years ago, like six years ago, I very briefly worked for a brewery like on the kegging line, but I didn't stay there very long because it just wasn't a, a good place to work. But other than that, I've never worked in the beer industry. But yeah. this one friend of mine added me to this Facebook group a couple of years ago because I help out behind the scenes volunteer type of stuff. I, I basically work for free beer with uh, nice. some friends of mine in the area. And I just when all this stuff started happening last year, I'd scroll through and I'd see these posts of people at work front of house and beer tenders and stuff and just all of them crying about oh, people come in and they don't want to wear masks or people come in and they don't want to social distance or they this or they that. I'm like, maybe you need to get into a different industry. Like maybe you need a different job or maybe you just could, like, I just can't imagine being in the service industry and still being that freaked out about all of this. It's like, go get a job where you're just going to sit at home and work remote where you're safe and you know, whatever. But just one you know, thing I mean, that this, this pandemic has made me realize is the situation, like, I, I didn't realize how, like, I don't want to use the word compliant people are, but like they, they just, they shut and do what they're told. Right. Don't ask questions. That surprised me a little bit. Cause I, I figured that like the American spirit is always like, you know, uh, individuality and like, standing up to the man kind of thing right i mean there was a time where our country started a whole revolution over a tax on tea <laughs> right right <laughs> exactly and here we are yeah. where people are are just going crazy over this stuff yeah I and mean, it just here, blows like, my mind here we're you know they're slowly locking things down again gas is almost five dollars a gallon it just like and people are just sort of sitting there watching the house burn down going, this is fine. <laughs> I, I just saw something, I think yesterday or the day before about they want to ban gas vehicles. Oh yeah. That's been in the talks. That's been in talks for a long time. One thing that our fearless governor did sign into effect and it, it doesn't go into effect for like 10 more years, but he, he effectively banned the sale of any gas powered lawn equipment. So like a lawnmower, a weed whacker, uh, a leaf blower, any anything that you use to like clean or trim your lawn that's gas powered, you can still own it and you can still have it. But like he's banning the sale of it. It's like, oh yeah, you're out there really fighting the important issues, buddy. Like, <laughs> like you can't buy any, like a new one or something. Like you, yeah. So, but when whenever this ban goes into effect, you can't go and buy a gas powered lawnmower. <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> but then the vehicle thing, he's they've been working on that for a long time and it keeps going back and forth. And I, I don't know. I probably How would really that, care by the time that actually happens. So I don't really care. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. whatsoever. like that would destroy the state. 
yeah, in the auto industry and, you know, everyone's going to have to yeah. shift over to fully electric. And I mean, a lot what of about people who can't their... afford an electric vehicle. Right. And even then, like a lot of them are, you know, memes and screenshots. And I haven't really done my research on this, but I've seen some of these supposed pictures of like these mines where they're, you know, mining out all the lithium ion or whatever for the batteries for electric cars. It's like, okay, so gas is bad, but so is this mining process too. So, you know, pick your poison. Like, Have you seen like bad. those junkyards <laughs> of all the, the busted up Teslas and all the yeah. batteries that are just like rotting away? Yeah. I apologize real quick. One second. I have to let the dog out. The dog yeah, is no about worries, to like, flip out. Be right back. <laughs> oh, that is a for background. I dig that. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I kept kind of thinking, it's like, is that some sort of like abstract art? I can't see what's going on, but. <clears throat> okay. Sorry about uh, yeah, that. The dog was about to like flip out. <laughs> it's all good. It's funny. Like I can, I can hear the dog's nails going around, but it's all good. Uh, but yeah, and still just back with like the entertainment industry stuff. It still is crazy to see. I'm trying to think back on some of these other bands that I've seen that are, you know, requiring all of this and that and the other to get into their shows, but people in their camp are still getting sick. Like Corn, I think. So the singer from Corn, Jonathan Davis, first got it. He was out for, I don't know, not very long, honestly. Like, I don't even think they, because it used to be, oh, you have to quarantine for 14 days. And then, like, with the NFL and stuff, it started turning into 10 days. This guy, I feel like, was back on tour and back on stage way faster than that. I could be wrong. But he went back to doing shows. And then shortly after that, one of the guitarists, I think Monkey, got sick. And then, like, someone else in their road crew. And, it's like, again, you, you try to explain to these people, like, look, these people have all taken the jab. They're requiring that everyone that comes to their shows show their papers. Like, how are they still, how is this still happening? You know? <clears throat> I mean, to me, then that, that just tells me that that's not what they're advertising that it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, so, but yeah, back to the thing too, of how I just feel like musicians are really feeling this crunch. There's uh, a couple of just, you know, cover bands and people that play around town here. Uh, that I kind of follow around and one of them they're they're sort of like a, a cover band you know country stuff and maybe it's an assumption I don't know but a lot of times when you think people play country music you kind of assume that they're going to be more conservative and more kind of think for themselves type of thing um, but these guys have kind of put some stuff out where they're they're playing some local gigs that are requiring papers and stuff and it, that was when I think it kind of started to dawn on me that <clears throat> whether they think this is actually well, I'll say nobody really says it's a cure. I've seen a few people in some Facebook forums that call it the cure. Howard Stern tried to, you know, say, oh, you know, fine, don't take the cure. It's like nobody's actually calling this a cure. Nobody thinks that this vaccine is a cure. They just say you won't be hospitalized, you won't whatever. Uh, but with some of these local musicians where maybe they're not going on tour, maybe they're not in the studio all the time, but that is still their full-time job is to yeah. play bars and play whatever and do this. I feel like those people especially are really feeling that pressure of, Maybe they don't even like it. Maybe they don't agree with it, but it's like they're complying kind of back to what we were talking about when, you know, when you're talking about your job and stuff of like, once you're, you're staring at this going, okay, it's this or my paycheck. And I feel like once you make that full transition into doing music full time, it's like, there's no way back. It's like, what do you do? Do you go back to working in an office? Do you go back to driving a forklift in a warehouse? And 
not that any of those things are bad, but it's like when you you're doing what you want to do and you're faced with this decision of, okay, like I finally achieved, like I, I play music full time. It might be cover songs. It might just be playing around local bars, but I'm full time musician. You don't want to go back to anything else. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it, it can be a really difficult decision because back when I was in the aerospace thing, I thought long and hard about like, what do I do? Like, I can't, I can't lose my job. Yeah. But I don't want this jab. Yeah. And just sometimes you're just kind of like, uh, screw it. I'll just do it just to get it over with. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And I can still I have my job, what a lot whatever. Of people are doing, yeah. But then the other side of me was like, I don't know if I could live with myself if I went against not my morals, but like my, my own beliefs, if that makes sense. Uh, kind of like your instincts or gut feeling kind of thing. Like, yeah. Like I, I don't think I could look back and, and, um, live with myself if I, if I did something like that. Yeah. So I, I decided to leave and yeah. leaving, leaving an aerospace <laughs> job is, is a, <laughs> you better be sure what you're doing if you're going to be doing that, because that's a, that's a good industry to be in. Yeah. And, Cause like you're saying, it's like, that was kind of what you wanted to do. That was sort of your first step into, you know, wanting to get into this industry that you want to do. Yeah, uh, I, I've I've always wanted to work in the space industry since I was a yeah. little kid, and uh, I thought that might have been my time to like get into it finally. Yeah, I'm I'm only 34, and okay. I feel like even then, uh, I was um, I've been late, like I should have mm -hmm. been in it earlier. But it was kind of like personally heartbreaking that I had to depart that, or at least for now, right. like set it aside. But uh, in the end, I, it, it, I feel like it was the right decision for me to do that. Yeah. And it was really hard to, to deal with. Like, it bummed me out a lot. Oh, for sure. But like you're saying, too, it's like maybe not to say that you're never going to get that jab until you do your research <clears throat> or you, you feel better about it. But the decision of if you're going to do it because you think it's the best thing for you, not because someone is telling you you have to do it. Yeah. So kind of talking about like your, your sort of your beliefs or your, you know, whatever. It's like, that's where I think the line is. I know, <clears throat> I know a handful of people who, who have gotten it, who still say, well, yes, I made this choice for myself, but no, I don't think anyone should be forced. I don't think it should be mm -hmm. mandatory. I don't think you should have to choose uh, between your paycheck and this. I don't think you should have to choose between going to eat out at a restaurant and this. And um, I'm not, I'm not faulting anyone who, who did decide no, to get it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's my thing it's is it's choice. your choice. And if you did do it, that's not wrong. No, that's that's your thing. If you, I like people have circumstances. They got family. They got houses. Whatever that they need to pay for, I get it. Yeah, this is just my my personal right. situation, and I'm not, I'm not trying to tear down anybody else who and then, who did and do that's that. All I you know? try to explain to people when I say, you know, I have questions, and yeah, I don't I don't want to do the thing. I don't want to get the thing, and. They argue and, oh, but we're going to be stuck in this until everybody does the right thing. We're going to be in this until everybody gets along and does whatever. And I'm just like, look, like you, you do what you want to do. And that's great. And I support you. Like if you want to go wear a biohazard suit for the rest of your life, I support you. Good. Like that, that is your freedom. That is your God given freedom to right. do whatever you need to do to make yourself feel safe. It's like, you don't get to tell me what I have to do to make you feel safe. Right. Um, like, like for me, like like, I'm all about 
you do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah. Date whoever you want to date, get the jab, don't get the jab. I don't care. That's your life. Let me do mine. We'll stay out of each other's decisions about what we do with our own bodies. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like what you're saying, I shouldn't have to be required to do something to make them feel safe. Right. And I, I always ask the question of, well, okay, well, if, if your mask protects you or if your vaccine protects you, then why do you care what I do? Well, oh, well, we're all in this together. I'm like, okay, but by your logic, you're protected. Like that's, that's right. great. Like you did your thing. You made your they choice. They shouldn't have to worry at all. Uh, so I just, yeah, it's, it's, Sometimes I feel like I'm like banging my head against the wall. Not that I'm seeking out any kind of arguments, but obviously I'm very outspoken on my Instagram about this stuff. And for mm-hmm. the most part, the people that I know that disagree with me have either unfollowed me or just stopped watching my stories or they just don't engage anymore. But every once in a while, someone will respond and send me a message. And usually it's a polite enough exchange, but I still like, I just, I don't budge. I don't move. I say like, okay, that's great. Like, I'm happy for you that you did what you did, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not convinced that this is like the end all be all. Everyone needs to do this. If no one, right. no one needs to choose between their livelihood. And that's, know. that's one of the most wild things about it is if you don't do it, you lose your income. Like you'll be fired. Like, yeah. What is that? That's well, when insane. They, say that the, they claim that the hospitals are overwhelmed and the hospitals are overrun. It's like, well, then why were you okay with letting all of these people in the healthcare industry experience fired, experienced, educated, knowledgeable healthcare doctors, nurses, whatever, like you, you basically fired these people or you let them walk because even the people that are supposed to be administering said vaccine are saying, no, I don't want this. And you said, okay, you don't have a job anymore. Like if you really want us to believe that the hospitals are overrun, you would not be letting go right. of your, your workers, your educated, knowledgeable, experienced workers. Like, <clears throat> Yeah. They want everybody to get the jab, but then they're laughing at the ones who get fired for not taking it. It's like two different, like you got to pick one or the other, man. Like, it, yeah, I just, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, it's very, it's very frustrating. Like you said, like, I feel like I'm hitting my head against a wall sometimes. <laughs> and it, there's, it, there's been a lot of stupidity that's come out since all this has started. Cause it, it just always feels like it goes around in circles of, um, mm-hmm. who was it? So when Howard Stern was calling out, was he calling out Joe Rogan? Did you see that or hear about that? I think, um, was this it? was maybe uh, a month th- or two ago. It was roughly around the same time that uh, Arnold said, "Fuck your freedom," right? Right, but I remember or he didn't say something... that. But it, that was those. Was... Oh no, Arnold Schwarzenegger one hundred percent said that word for word. <laughs> he maybe yeah. said "screw your freedoms," but I, yeah. he, Schwarzenegger yeah. said it. And then, like the next day, was photographed walking around outside in public with no mask, smoking a cigar. But you know, whatever. Um, yeah, and then back in the what was it, the seventies? After he just moved here, like he was all about America and all about freedom and all about that stuff. And then now he's all screw your freedom. Well, they even, um, even when he was governor out here, like everyone was always calling him a rhino where it's like, he wasn't really like a full blown Republican. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll admit at that point in time during his governor run, like I wasn't really paying that much attention. So I'm, I'm kind of like whatever, but when you talk to people that are very, very conservative in California, they're like, no, he wasn't. No, <clears throat> but no, I right. want to say, I think it was, I think it was Howard Stern 
that was uh, talking trash on Joe Rogan. And, uh, or maybe it was, no, maybe it was Aaron Rodgers. Whatever it was, the point was Howard Stern was like just saying all sorts of outlandish, crazy crap about people that he was the one that he said, oh, if you don't want to take the cure, that's fine. You know, then get out of here and stuff. And um, saying that if, if the NFL had any integrity left or whatever, they would remove Aaron Rodgers for this and that and the other and stuff. And um, he's Howard going Stern on and has on gone about, like, yeah, he's just like, I want to be able to leave my house. I want to go next door and play chess with my friends. I wanted this. I wanted that. And I'm like, bro, you are free to do all of those things. Like no one is stopping you. Right. But he's over here saying that because someone that doesn't even live in his neighborhood uh, hasn't taken the jab that now he can't go and hang out with his neighbor who both Howard Stern and his neighbor have probably both done it. So it's like, you can go hang out with your neighbor. You're like, just the, the whole thing is so stupid. And I thought it was so ironic that like he's calling out Aaron Rodgers, He's calling out Joe Rogan and all this stuff. And I thought if it hadn't been for somebody like Howard Stern, there probably would be no Joe Rogan or there would be no. Um, well, yeah, he was definitely the, like a pioneer, like juggernaut. But yeah, he, he pioneered this whole way for like the, you know, shock jock, just right. unpopular opinions, saying what you want to say, filthy content, whatever, like, but nobody cares and, about him anymore. No, he's, I think he's still trying to make himself feel relevant when he's not, but it's like, this he, is the only he thing that he's with, been relevant about in how many, <laughs> lo- how many years? Yeah. I mean, he paved the way for all these people and now he's just turned into like a giant leftist mouthpiece. That's just like, dude, what happened to you? Like, just, just retire, just go away. (laughs) Yeah. I wish he would. Yeah. But then uh, a lot of the Joe Rogan memes are pretty sweet about like just him like supposedly taking horse drugs or, you know, whatever and all this <laughs> stuff. And now they're like, Oh, uh, Joe Rogan says that he's been drinking lots of water and uh usually I'm more on top of my meme game, but I think they're too far back in my, my photos, but there were, there were some hot memes there for a while about all the Joe Rogan stuff. But um, I mean, he said a doctor prescribed the ivermectin to him. He was like, (laughs) one of his episodes, they're saying, it's like, they're saying that I took like horse deworming drugs. He's like, I can afford people medicine. Damn it. Like I got money. That was on his podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta let the dog in real quick. I'm sorry. Cool. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm dog sitting at my buddy's house. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so I think I had asked you this before and we kind of talked a little bit about it, but so if you're, you're in Florida now, like kind of where all have you lived before? Cause you said, obviously you were in the military, but kind of where some of the places that you've at least for some stretch of time lived. A whole bunch of places. Um, <laughs> born in Iowa, then I moved to Colorado, then to Alabama, South Carolina, Ohio, Lived in Mississippi a little bit while I was in the Navy. Uh, back to Ohio, and now Florida. Nice. How long have you been in Florida? Uh, since 2012. Okay. I moved here in like February of 2012, something like that, or like the end of January, something like that. So a good minute. Yeah. So is that kind of like when you got out of the military and that's where you settled, or were you still in at the time? Well, I I. Uh, Got out of the military, then I moved to Florida to go to college, and then okay. uh, just stayed afterwards because this is a, a great place for 
live event stuff, you know, like nice. uh, concerts all the time. Then there's sports all the time. There's uh, theme parks. I mean, movies, TV yeah. shows, the whole nine yards. It's a, it's a great place to be for that stuff. So I decided to stay. And I, I yeah. don't, uh, don't take this wrong way, but I did not want to move to California. Oh, no. I, I mean, I understand. Like, I, I constantly say, like, I'm, I'm constantly planning my exit strategy. It's just a matter of where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Like, like being a machinist, yeah, I can take that anywhere. But initially, like, I don't know if I want to be running CNC machines for the rest of my life. It's just a matter of figuring out what I do want to do. If I want to start my own business, work for myself, mm-hmm. whatever. But um, the machining thing is definitely something I could take somewhere to, you know, put some roots sure. down and then start. But uh, yeah. <clears throat> the other one thing that I've started doing as of late to kind of keep me sane is I, I, uh, I bought a motorcycle recently and I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to starting to get into that. So I'm really excited about that. That'll, yeah, that'll be like a nice, like, way to clear my brain you know what i mean go out for a ride yeah 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 and then kind of like you were saying a little bit ago when you when you tried to get into the aerospace thing you felt like you were kind of late i got into like i kind of even got into machining probably only five or six years ago mm-hmm. uh, like i'd worked for some wood shops and done some manual machining but really like running cnc machines learning the g code and all that i haven't really been doing it that long <clears throat> but again with thinking am i going to stay in california am i going to move what am i going to do uh, I do kind of feel like I'm still a little bit at that crossroads of like, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? But at the same time, I'm 36 where it's like most people my age have been working for the same company for a long time and they've been promoted and moved up and they're doing well. And I'm just still kind of like, yeah, I don't, I still don't quite know what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. Like when I got to the aerospace job, I was like the bottom of the totem pole. So yeah, I was like, when you, when you change industries, you, you got to start at the bottom Like you're starting. Right. Over. And I'm like, I'm going to be how old by the time that I, <laughs> like, I, I feel like I started so late, you know, but now that I'm back out of it, I'm kind of back to where I was. So now, like, if you don't include me leaving before, I'll be there for uh, almost seven years now. Yeah. Which is, which is nice, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm born and raised out here in California. So it's the only place that I've lived. And for the longest time, my excuse was, well, my family's here. Well, all of my family's left, literally all of my family. I might have, I might have some extended cousins that I literally have no relationship with, but like parents, sister, grandparents, any, like anyone that's sort of like immediate family, like everyone's gone. So I'm like, well, I'm not moving to Colorado that I don't, I'm not convinced it's any cheaper to live in Colorado. Idaho's looking pretty good. Florida, maybe it's pretty flat but <laughs> it's very flat actually where i'm at right now is uh as far as i believe like one of the only like really hilly areas in florida uh-huh but it ain't mountains that's for sure right well and, and even then i noticed the week that i was there anytime you get near any kind of green wildlife type area there's all sorts of signs warning of gators and snakes so you don't really want to go exploring oh, yeah. <laughs> uh one of my favorite beaches that i go to uh it's on an island out near tampa north of tampa and uh they got signs everywhere on that island looking out for rattlesnakes oh yeah i was a little bit bummed that i was there for 
you know, what, Mon- Monday through Saturday. So almost an entire week. I was kind of bummed that I actually didn't see an alligator. <laughs> but you'd have to get off the Disney property to do that. They you have to get uh, off the Disney property. Yeah. <laughs> a few years ago, a, a little kid got eaten by one at one of the hotels. Okay. And uh, since then, Disney's been like <laughs> cleaning house of gators from their properties. I don't remember hearing about that. Wow. Yeah, he was like four years old. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Wild. I mean, even even with signs about like not playing in the water and stuff like that, it was and it was at nighttime too, like nine o'clock or something. Uh, and the the parent they're they're from like Montana or Minnesota or something like that, and the parents just let them go play in the water, or whatever, and didn't pay attention and just grabbed the kid, took him under. Bad news. Wow. Yeah. Terrible. You have to get outside of Disney property, I think, if you want to go see that. Yeah, uh, because our our hotel was right in that kind of hotel row where we could walk mm-hmm. to the Disney Springs and then take the shuttles to the parks and whatever. So we weren't staying at a Disney property hotel. We were basically on Disney property the entire week because we didn't get a rental car or anything. Yeah. Which is really convenient. Yeah. I think we pretty much knew like that's all we were going to do. And yeah. uh, we'll take shuttles, monorails, ferry boats, whatever, all the, all the different types of free transportation. Right. I mean, that's what I would do. Yeah. So then do you live like right near there or not so much? Yeah. I'm, um, I'm, um, taking the highway. I'm probably 20 minutes. Okay. Like I, I live in Orlando. So like, okay. uh, right near downtown. Nice. But, uh, Disney's not that far and Universal's even closer. Like you can hear yeah. Universal fireworks from my house. I'd definitely like to go back and check out Universal also because I've I've seen a lot of stuff, especially from like Jay and Park Hoppin. It looks like uh, your guys' Universal is way cooler than ours. <clears throat> I'm really impressed impressed with the uh, Harry Potter world. That's a, like a lot of what I've seen is it looks like the one there in Florida is bigger. It has like the big dragon on the side of the castle and whatever. Like the one in California. Do you guys not have, have the dragon? That. No, we have the Harry Potter land, but there's no dragon. <clears throat> Um, and I just think it's a lot smaller because Universal Studios Hollywood, like it is a studio back lot. And then I think just over the years, they sort of added a couple of uh, rides yeah. here and there. So there aren't, there still really aren't that many rides, but it looks like there's way more different lands and way more different rides in Orlando. And especially yeah. right now, because Universal Studios Hollywood is in Los Angeles, Los Angeles as an entire city is requiring papers to even go to a damn restaurant. So especially the park. Uh, I know Universal as a company is not doing it, but because they're in Los Angeles, they're like, you have to show papers and wear masks inside the parks at all times. It's like, so I'm showing a paper to show that I'm either vaccinated or better yet, if I show a negative test, I'm 100% not sick, but now I still have to wear a mask. (laughs) uh, Literally right next to the company I used to, the aerospace company I used to work for. uh, And if you look it up, I'm sure you can figure out who, but uh, right next to them, Universal bought like, God, I don't even know how many acres, but Universal bought a huge plot of land right next to the, the like the campus. And uh, they're making a, uh, what was it called? Um, oh, is Epic it Universe. Oh. Yeah, Nintendo Land will be in it, but it's called Epic Universe. And it's gonna be like a mesh up of how Disney does uh, Disney Springs plus their parks. Epic Universe is gonna be like this huge plot of land where it's got hotels, 
shopping, uh, restaurants, rides, different areas like Nintendo and I think Pokemon. Okay. I don't know. But then there's going to have a bunch of different themes and stuff, and it's going to be pretty wild. Nice. Yeah, and I started reading about they're doing like the Nintendo Land, I think, in, in one of the ones like in Japan or, or somewhere mm-hmm. over there. Like, okay, you know, that's cool, but how does that affect me? And then they start building one here, but I think it's it's only at the one in Florida, I think. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Make if, another trip out for that one. <laughs> as far as California goes, I have no idea. Yeah, but I don't, uh, I don't even I don't even know if California is getting Epic Universe. Probably not, because where it is, there isn't really a lot of land to expand into. Like they're like right in the middle of Los Angeles, where there's yeah, just, like there's there's nowhere to expand. <laughs> been it's been surrounded like Disneyland. Yeah, but yeah. even then, like at least at Disneyland, like here in California. There's a lot of hotels where you can get a decent rate on a hotel room for the night and then walk across the street to the park. Like um, at Universal Studios, you can't even do that. Like no matter where you stay overnight, you're going to have to drive or Uber or pay to park or whatever. Like there's nowhere that you can just like, oh, I'm staying here and I'm going to walk to Universal because it just Los Angeles sucks. Like I've always lived in California, but I've always hated Los Angeles. It, I hear it's I pretty think- dirty. I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've intentionally stopped in the city. I'm normally driving through to go somewhere else, but I've gone to maybe two or three concerts and gone to Universal a couple of times. And otherwise, I'm like, I want nothing to do with the city. <laughs> the The Universal there is like up back up to a mountain, right? Like there's different. Kind of, yeah. So you go up, like you park and you walk into the park. And there's there's like the Simpsons land where you go through like Springfield and whatever and all that stuff. And there's a couple different rides and whatever. And then there's these big giant long escalators that go down just like what it feels like you're going oh, on this yeah. big giant mountainside. And down there is the Jurassic World ride, Revenge of the Mummy and Transformers. And that's about it. Like you go down there and there's about three rides, maybe a couple places to shop or grab a drink. And then you take the big giant long escalators all the way back up. <laughs> Wait, that there's only three rides? At, like at that bottom level. So oh. when you come in like the main part of the park, there's, you know, there's a couple of rides up there and stuff, but then, yeah, there's these big giant escalators that take you down to like this whole other section of the park. But that whole other section is just a little like, okay, a couple of shops, a couple of bars, uh, three rides. Okay. Back up the escalators to the main part of the park. <laughs> it just looks yeah. like universal Florida has a lot more like roller coasters and rides and different. They have the whole like Dr. Seuss land and it's laid out way better. Yeah. From the stuff that yeah. I've seen from Park Hop in and like the stuff that Jay does, uh, I'm like, man, like this is way bigger, way cooler, way more stuff to do. <laughs> but there's a lot of rides that I miss that they don't have anymore, like Jaws, the original King Kong ride. Um, they still have ET. They don't have Back were to the like, Future. Actually, were those like rides or what? Because I know in, in Hollywood they have. If you take like the backlot tour, they still go through the thing where like Jaws comes up out of the water but you're like just you're in the tram on the backlot tour and then Not you here. go through and you, you kind of go into the studio where it closes off and they do the King Kong thing where the screen is all surrounding you and the tram is shaking and whatnot. But that, I, I wouldn't really call that a ride. That was all part of like the backlot tour. What was it? Yeah. All, all the King Kong was, was an actual ride. Jaws was wow. a ride. Uh, Back to the future was a ride. There was uh, a Back to the Future ride in Hollywood, but now it's a Simpsons ride. That's what happened to ours too, yeah. Yeah. How you go from that to that, I have no idea, but whatever. I don't uh, know. It's, it's the same stuff I hear with Disney a lot of times where like people start clamoring that some of the older rides from the movies from back in like the 
forties, fifties, and sixties, they say that they're outdated and they need to come up with new stuff. It's like, maybe you just need to show your kids the old movies back when it was good. Like <laughs> I mean, they're so they're classics, man. They're classics. Like one of the recent ones that they got rid of, uh, was the twister experience or whatever it was. I wouldn't call it uh-huh. a ride. Cause you basically <laughs> go in and stand there and watch like a fake tornado, like tear up the drive-in theater. But, yeah. uh, they replaced it with the Jimmy Fallon ride, which I heard is not that great. But yeah. they used to have Ghostbusters, which was awesome. It was okay. like a live show almost. And it was so cool. It, like the only thing I remember from it was uh, what was the name of the bad, the bad chick at the end? Gozer. Oh yeah, and Ghost what was that Ghostbusters? That's the first one, I think. I think so. One, I think. She she had like short hair and like wild makeup and she had like the white bodysuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had like a it's like a show almost where they reenacted that kind of thing and then they got rid of that. But part of it is still there. Like part of the building that like you could tell that was the Ghostbusters uh shop where they had uh-huh. the the uh pull up door and everything. Yeah. <clears throat> but they have a roller coaster track actually going right through it and around it now, <laughs> which is interesting so universal is that's where that new velocicoaster is right yes that crazy roller coaster have you been on that have you been there i haven't, I haven't been there since uh 2019 when i worked, okay. did a thing for nbc for the olympics but that that wasn't there at the time i don't think I, I, or okay. it wasn't open yet at least yeah because i think i think it's pretty brand new some of the videos i've seen of that thing was pretty intense I heard it. Uh, I heard it's it really does good. It was just like like barrel roll around the track over the water or something. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but I got to get new tickets to go. But I want to go like a new pass because Disney's just becoming more more expensive for less. Yeah. And I, I only really go to like Epcot to drink around the world, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. We definitely did that. We park hopped over to Epcot two days in a row, only at night, which I kind of wish you'd seen it during the day a little bit, but at night was really cool because all the Christmas decorations. But yeah, yeah we just, we kind of went and like drank our way around the world. And I think we rode Spaceship Earth and the Frozen Ever After. And it was about the only rides we did on that side of things. <laughs> There's not really not that many rides there anyway. The only other one we wanted to do that we didn't was test track because at that point it's like we've been walking for a while. We wanted drinks. The wait was it was like forty minutes, so it wasn't really long, but it was enough to be like, eh, like maybe we'll we'll catch it later. And like, <laughs> that's that's how I feel when I'm there because I mean, I, obviously I live here. Yeah. If if it's if it's something that's longer than thirty minutes, I don't even bother. <laughs> yeah, Some people I mean, stand in line for like four hours, and I'm like, there's no way. I said I'm at one point, I said, okay, my max that I'm willing to stand in line is maybe 80 minutes, like out 90, maybe 90 minutes, like hour and a half max. If it's something that's just like, okay, we really want to do this. We're just here for the week, whatever. Um, like there's still ride, two rides that I haven't ridden yet. Uh, the flight of the Banshee or whatever it is at Pandora. Flight of Passage, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Rise of the Resistance at Galaxy's yep. Edge. Rise I haven't of ridden either of those yet, just because there's so many people that try to get on that. Yeah, so uh, they just recently, I think they just recently made Rise of the Resistance uh, a regular standby. Before, what you could do was if you get up at you know 7 a.m. or whatever and get on the app, you can join a, a virtual boarding group before yeah. you even uh, show up at the park. 
And then if you miss that, you could try again at noon. So the only way that I've ever ridden it was that way was by doing the, the boarding group thing through the app, uh, ridden it probably three or four different times now. And it's, it's rad. It's really cool. But again, now that it's standby, if I have to wait two hours for it, like it's really awesome, but I'm not going to wait two hours for it because I've already ridden it. Was Ratatouille open when you were here? It was, but we were never able to get a boarding group for that one. Cause same thing they're doing like the <clears throat> virtual boarding group thing. <clears throat> yeah. But I think with that, um, I think you had to actually be scanned in and be inside Epcot to get a boarding yep. group because we'd be over at magic kingdom and I'd go, mm-hmm. oh, man, like, I want to I want to check the boarding group. And I'd go in and it's like, your party is not eligible. I'm like, damn. And there was no, you couldn't even do standby even if you wanted to. So, no, we didn't get that one. But we waited. We ended up waiting two hours for the Avatar Flight of Passage. But it was only because um, during my, my brief meetup with Drunk 3PO and Rogue Disney, they told us, they're like, no matter how long the wait is, or like, get on that ride so said, okay all right even if it's two hours we'll, we'll wait we want it and it was awesome it was really cool but again i'd say like you like if i lived there i wouldn't do that all the time <laughs> oh yeah no uh it was really cool because it was like a once come back. it was like a one time like i don't know if or when i'm ever going to be back here so yeah let's just bite the bullet and wait but yeah if, if i like if i lived there if i was a pass holder i'd be like no but that was the one tip, as Jay said. He's like, whatever the weight, he's like, do that ride. <laughs> well, especially for your situation, like you said, like you're not always here, and you don't know yeah. when you'll be back. So yeah. <clears throat> but for me, I live here and I have a pass, and I, I go relatively frequently, and I would not wait that long. Yeah, we tried out the. When we were at Disney World, we never tried the lightning lane thing because it looked like any times that we would have wanted were way farther out than what we wanted to wait. Or the individual pricing was, oh, you pay $20 each and skip the line and stuff. So we never used it there. But they just recently rolled it out here in California like a week ago. And I was at Disneyland last Sunday and tried it. That it's pretty made, new here too. It, it worked out pretty good at Disneyland because I think it was so new and I don't think as many people were using it. So we were just like, bam, 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 hopping on different rides and doing what we wanted to do. But I think over time, as more people do it, it'll start to get like Florida was where it's 10 o'clock in the morning and you say, oh, I want to ride Haunted Mansion. And it says you can ride it at 7 p.m. because it's all picked <laughs> up. Or That's kind of what it was in Florida. Or like, Do we Been want there. anything? And it's like, no, it says the next available window for that ride is 10 o'clock at night. So let's pass. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. So I just I think it's, it's so new in California that so I think Florida rolled it out in like October. But here it's, it's yeah. I think people are still kind of figuring it out, especially if you're there with a family of four or six. And it's, I think in Florida, it's $15 per person a day. Here it's 20. So if you've got anywhere between four to six people in your party, that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's Disney. They know how to make money, right? As far as I know, they're they're trying to, like, figure out a new method because... The fast pass thing, I guess they've changed to this lightning pass thing or something. It essentially kind of operated the same way, but I guess it's slightly different in that there are those high high traffic attractions like Rise of the Resistance where you can only skip the line if you pay the 20 bucks for that ride. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But otherwise, I felt like it operated a lot like the old Max Pass system. It's just If you have an annual pass, you can't add it to your annual pass like you used to be able to. So that was kind that of sucks. the other uh factor with that but 
See, yeah. like I said, it's more expensive for less. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause they're trying to recoup all their costs over the last two years of, you know, and then not, whatever not the hell they're doing with this, and whatever the hell they're doing with this star Wars hotel, oh. man, that <laughs> those videos have been so terrible. Oh my gosh. Oh, I've enjoyed watching them because it's, I want to laugh because it's just so like, I was really looking forward to that thing. And then I first, cause my, my, old coworker, his wife works for Disney and uh, she was part of the people who, who put galaxy's edge together. Okay. But then I heard about the price like a long time ago. And I was like, there is no way I'm ever going to be able to go to that hotel. No. Well, cause you, you have to stay a minimum of two nights, right? Yeah. I think, I think that's so. what it was. It was like two night minimum stay. So I think it's maximum even, too. Like I think you can only do. Oh, it's only two nights. Okay. I just remember reading that it's like, you can't just go and like, Oh, we're just going to stay for one night. It's like, no, you booked this. Like it's this much per night and you're doing two nights like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you can't do it's one crazy. night. Which is, which is insane. Like how they think that they can justify the cost of that, especially for what they're providing. Well, and, and, Kind of like you, like when I first read about this, like first I was bummed that it was going to be all the way in Florida, but I thought like, oh, that's going to be so cool. Like there's going to be a Star Wars themed hotel. You're going to be fully immersed in like the Star Wars world when you go back to your room, when you go to get something to eat, you know, whatever. And then, yeah, these videos started surfacing and I'm like, what in the world? I think one of the best comments that won the internet was saying, it's like, this isn't Star Wars. This is space conflict. Like, come on, <laughs> come on, Disney. You, like, you have money. What are you doing? Like, like, it's like, it's like when you buy like Walmart store brand. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's made by people who don't know Star Wars and don't get it. Right. Which is funny because they nailed it with Galaxy's Edge. I mean, okay, yeah, it's only the sequel characters. Like you walk around and you're gonna see Ray and Kylo Ren and everything, but overall, like the the look of the buildings and the the vehicles that are scattered about the land, and you see Chewbacca and you still like that land, like they nailed it, I think. When um when they opened it at Disneyland, uh they first opened it up where it was another kind of like reservation only um First, it was you can only snag a reservation if you're staying in one of the hotels on the property. And then they opened it up and said, okay, like go online and try to reserve a day. And we had annual passes at the time. And I think I got a reservation for like the last day that our passes were good in June until we were blocked out to like mid-August. Because we had the passes that it's like half of June, all of July, and half of August were blocked out. And I snagged a reservation to see Galaxy's Edge the last day that our passes were good for the summer. And your window is like you can be in the land for, I think, three hours, and then you're supposed to go whenever. We were in there for the full three hours, and by the time we walked out, <clears throat> the first thing you saw walking out was um, Big Thunder Mountain. And I'm walking out, and I look up and see Big Thunder Mountain. All of a sudden, my brain is like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot we were in Disneyland because it was like <laughs> so immersive, and it was so, yeah. I thought, very well done. Um, so it's like for them to pull off Galaxy's Edge the way they did, and then this hotel, it's like, what it's is like happening? Night and day. Yeah. I don't, I just don't get what the hell they were thinking out of any part of it. Like, did you see the video about them doing the late lightsaber training with the, the light? Oh yeah. 
Oh, what is that? When I saw that that welcome video where the lady's like holding up like uh, an upside down iPhone and like taps yeah. it with the hologram, you can like, tell it's an iPhone. <laughs> like, come on, Disney, you got more money than this. What are you doing? And they and just her, dumped all her that background. Money into... Her background looked like it was a uh, not even green screen. Like it was the uh, like those posters you hang up in a frame. Yeah. Well, and then they also just dumped all that money into the Avengers campus here in California, which I think was really like too little, too late. Uh, I think people. Yeah, we don't have, have that. I think people would have been way more excited about a whole Avengers themed land if they had had it done and open before Endgame came out. But it's like, oh yeah, nobody really cares about the Marvel movies anymore. Like the Spider-Man movie was the best thing I've seen from Marvel in a couple years. Don't no spoil spoilers. It. No spoilers. But I'm just saying, like watching watching Marvel movies. Um, and I'll admit, like I did go and see Black Widow in the theaters because Scarlett Johansson's hot. And that's probably about the only reason I went and saw it in theater. Otherwise, I would have waited for Disney Plus. Um, but in terms of just how everything Marvel has been identity politics and just yeah. everything, the on, only thing I'll say about the Spider-Man movie is that it it felt like the good old days of like Iron Man and Captain America where they just made a good movie that was entertaining. And that was it. It was just like it was an story. actual story with no agenda. Good story. Good acting. Good action. Good. Like it just it. Yeah, it's like go back like 10 years and that's kind of what it felt like. But I also found out, I think Jay said it in one of his videos, it was more of a Sony vehicle than Marvel. Yeah. yeah. And it was the director who did all of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, which those weren't all great either, but there was no politics. So <laughs> wait, say that again. I think it, I think he said it was the director that directed the Tobey, the Tobey Maguire, the Tobey, my same is that his... Sam Raimi did the Tobey Maguire movies. Was it maybe? I'm gonna have to look that up. Then, I know. I, swear I know that's the... what Jay said, but if it was Sam Raimi, I would have noticed that in the credits. Um, I know that the, the director Garfield who did this one, new one uh, just got signed on to do Fantastic Four. I think. Okay, so maybe I was wrong about who the director was. Because yeah, now that you mentioned it, I remember that. And if this was Sam Raimi, I think it would they would have made a bigger deal out of it. But I do... Sam Raimi, I think, is doing uh, the Multiverse of Madness or whatever it's called. Okay, uh, the new I, Doctor I Strange least, one coming out. I did at least definitely hear that they said like Sony was more of the driving force behind this one, and like yeah. Marvel just tacked its name on there because Tom Holland is kind of contracted by both. Um, right. But the movie was good. Uh, I highly recommend it. Won't say anything else about it, but it was it was good. <laughs> I'm really excited for it. Yeah, because I I love Spider Man. I've always loved them. Even even as terrible as Amazing Spider Man Two was, <laughs> I'm still I'm still a fan because I love those. I love all the Tobys, Andrews, and and uh, Tom, Tom Holland's Holland. is. Uh, it's uh, developing, I guess. They're good. I mean, I think Tom Holland is likable, so I think that helps. Like, yeah, no, I don't have anything the character. Him. Uh, and I even, I mean, people largely say that the Andrew Garfield ones were like the worst movies. And I mean, overall, maybe people could say between the story and this and that, whatever. But as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man, I thought he still did a really good job. Like, I like the Andrew Garfield ones, too. But people have kind of said that they think those are the worst ones. <clears throat> I think Toby's my favorite. But I can see what people are saying about Andrew Garfield's, but 
I didn't mind him as Spider-Man. Yeah. The Toby ones were, they were good until, was it the third one that had Venom? I think. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man yeah, Three. So yeah, so I, I think I think Spider-Man Three was the one with Venom. That one was such a letdown. <laughs> with that, uh, that movie went sideways real quick. What's his name? Topher Grace. Yeah. From that '70s show. Yep. As and Brock. not even him. Not even him as Eddie Brock, but just as as a Spider-Man fan, like not so much a comic book fan, but like watching the cartoon growing up, like everybody yeah. wanted to see venom on screen like anyone that knew anything about spider-man the one like what's the one villain you want to see in the movie everyone would say venom and that one came out and it was in the trailer and it was the big deal and i feel like you saw him on screen like in full venom form for maybe about the last 10 minutes of the movie and it was just like oh well, there you go <laughs> it's been a while since i've seen spider-man 3 i think last time i saw it was like right after it came out yeah. And I haven't I, watched I, it since. <laughs> I think that was just kind of the main thing I remember is it was like all this big buildup. But by the time you like finally saw him like as Venom, it was kind of like the end of the movie. And it wasn't yeah. too very long. It was really like, it was a big letdown. All the buildup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm really yeah. excited to see the new one. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Uh, but that's why I kind of wonder if it's like if Sony kind of driving the bus on that one, steered it back on course. And if maybe this will send a message of the... Uh, go woke and go broke thing will maybe resonate a little bit with the entertainment industry and say that, you know what, like we're kind of fed up with uh, identity politics being thrown into everything. Like even with the Mar with the Marvel like TV shows and series that they've been doing on Disney plus like WandaVision, I really liked, I actually did like WandaVision all the way through to the end. Uh, Falcon and winter soldier had me for about maybe two or three episodes and then I was over it. Loki, I stopped watching I was... after the where they're both walking together down the street and the cop comes up and like, oh, oh yeah. my god, are you okay? I was yeah, like, that's when I was kind of I was me. like done. Uh, yeah, Loki. Uh, Loki was just so lame. Like they basically just neutered that character for the whole series. Like <laughs> I only got to episode three and I I didn't finish the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, I just... but uh, <laughs> go ahead. <clears throat> No, I was, I was just going to say exactly that. Like, I, I've kind of just given up where both of those series, I did finish them kind of begrudgingly, but I'm kind of over it. So even the Spider-Man thing, like, I was more into going to the meetup than I was about the movie because I was yeah. kind of like, I don't like, I'm kind of out on Marvel, but like, I'll, I'll go to the meetup. It'll be cool to like meet some of these people in person. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> what, with the, the, with the movie? With the movie. See, I, I don't think that, uh, like, I think Disney will see the point, but I don't think they're going to do anything to change it. Not right away. It might take a little more time, but at least, like, there's some hope that, like, all of these movies. At least the last Sony few, can do something right. At least, like, the last few movies that they've put out have just been destroyed in the box office, like The Eternals. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll watch that one when it's on Disney Plus for free. I don't um, even know if I will watch that one. <laughs> but it just it looks I so hope bad. That eventually this will start to send that message of which movies do terrible, which movies do really well, and then connect the dots on why. And then right. if there's enough YouTubers and enough people out there saying this is garbage, like <laughs> uh what was the uh, like Santa Inc. getting like the did you hear about that? A, a little bit. I 
I don't have Netflix. Uh, the only it's things got, I've like, heard, the worst. The only things I've heard about it is from like the videos I've seen from like Jay and Ryan and. <laughs> yeah, that it's got like the worst rating in history or something like that. Yeah. They don't need to make stuff like that. Like, what is the point? Just besides poking people in the eye. But that's how Hollywood feels about the rest of us right now. Is like we're all supposed to feel bad and apologize for right, whatever. How is that profitable? <laughs> like, how how I are they expecting to make money? Yeah, I don't think it is. I mean, I think if anything, the Dave Chappelle special, all the all the controversy around Dave Chappelle has proven the point that more people are coming out in support of him than against him. Right. Even a lot of people from don't the community the that claim, even a lot of people from the community that claim that he is talking bad about, and they're like, he's a comedian. It's jokes. Like right. that's what comedy used to be. I mean, look back on the days of like Richard Pryor and George Carlin, and you know, young Eddie Murphy, like. It, it, yeah, nowadays offensive. you're not allowed to be funny. Yeah, comedy is offensive. If you don't like it, just don't watch it. Like Dave Chappelle said, his main quote from that, he's like, "You clicked on my face. You knew what you were getting into." Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, cool. I think we're uh, we're at about an hour and a half right now, so probably gonna wrap it up. So if you come up with an unpopular opinion, you want to leave on. <laughs> I don't like Crocs. <laughs> Crocs and socks. I just, I just don't understand Crocs at all. Like, I feel like it just sort of came out of nowhere where it was a thing like 20 years ago. And then all of a sudden within maybe the last six or eight months, it's become popular again. And I don't get it. I don't understand it. <laughs> they are sold everywhere at Disney. Oh, everywhere. God. Like almost every shop you go into, they're everywhere. I don't, oh. I don't, I, I hate them. If I, I could, I would it. burn them on fire. <laughs> just get a blowtorch uh, and just. I think the the one that I'm going to go with is that um, I think Fleetwood Mac is overrated, <clears throat> and I don't understand why they're popular. <laughs> that would be a hot take. Yeah, I think it's just that uh, certain people grow up hearing certain music in the house, and maybe it's more nostalgic for them. But me as an adult, I'm just like I don't understand why anyone likes Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> so then who do you like? Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I like, but as far as like what I grew up with and hearing in the house was a lot of Beatles, uh, James Taylor, Simon and Garfunkel, uh, okay. Peter Frampton. That kind Hall of stuff. Oates. Yeah. So more like Beatles and then a lot of acoustic, like folksy type stuff, which um, <clears throat> I have a really good friend of mine that I went to high school with that he grew up, hearing his parents listen to like Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones and stuff. And so he hates the Beatles. So I think a lot of it's kind of like what you grow up with or don't grow up with. But um, like when I'm at work, me, and I've got the. When I, when I was growing up, I hated like 60s, 70s stuff. And yeah. then uh, when I went through uh, college, we had the music history class. They make you listen to music all the way from. I think like 1912 or something like that, all the way oh, up wow, to today. Way back. Yeah, they make you listen to like a whole century of music, and uh, they do it by decades. Okay. And uh, once we got to like the 60s and 70s, it like the it just kind of like washed over me like a wave, just like oh, this is <laughs> fuck, this is fantastic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I remember when I was at, when I, we had like a seminar. And we had the uh, the front of house engineer from Pink Floyd. Oh wow! Uh, he came in and gave like a 
two or three day seminar. And at the end of the seminar on the third, second or third day, um, he mixed live with a band uh, on stage and they played Comfortably Numb by Pink Floyd or whatever. Wow. And that was the first time I had heard that song. Really? And it, like, I don't know what happened or what, but like, I was just sitting there and like, I could feel the goosebumps and like, it hit me like, you could feel the emotion in the song and like the, yeah. the room and everything. It was nuts. And then ever since then, like, I love listening to, to Pink Floyd and stuff. Yeah. And I was seeing their, um, both Roger Waters and then the guitarist from Pink Floyd, David Gilmour, both still tour as solo artists, even now, maybe not so much with what's going on now, but my bucket list thing, like I want to see before he dies, I want to see David Gilmour live before he dies. <laughs> and have you seen Pink Floyd's stages? Oh, yeah. Um, Holy crap. My A couple friends of mine some years back went to, when Roger Waters was doing a tour of just the Wall album, I had some friends that saw it here in San Diego and in Los Angeles, and they like build the wall on stage throughout the show. And their they, setups are so insane. They paid a pretty penny to go to that Roger Waters show, but I mean, that's like a once in a lifetime experience. Well, twice. Yeah, because it's twice, but <laughs> especially when you see it live, because it's not just the music. You're getting like an actual full experience. Yeah, but I totally want to see David Gilmour before he dies. But the last time he came around, he's playing at the Hollywood Bowl and tickets are like minimum $300. So, okay, I'm going to have to save up a little bit. <laughs> For nosebleeds, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it was once I got into high school and with some of my friends and stuff, I started discovering like Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and Eleven and all that kind of stuff. But my parents didn't really listen to that kind of stuff growing up. So I once I got into high school, I started discovering more of that. And I love Pink Floyd now and Led Zeppelin and I was the, uh, I was the, the metalhead kid. Okay. Like my dad always calls it like blah, blah music. He always hated hearing it. I was into, I guess what people would call new metal. Cause I really like corn mud vein. Um, this one, like they're not new metal, but I love tool. Uh, definitely oh, yeah. got into tool when I was pretty young, like their yeah. album in 96. So that was like junior high for me, I think. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like all the guys at school that were into like Metallica and Slayer and stuff would all make fun of me and call me a poser because I didn't listen to like real metal. And I'm like, whatever, like I like what I like. <laughs> hey, do yeah. you, man. Yeah. If you ever come down here or whatever and we meet up, uh, my best friend David, he was the uh, stage manager for Limp Bizkit and Corn. <laughs> oh boy, I bet he's got some stories. <laughs> oh Yeah. He's got some pretty funny stories. I still have always maintained that I think Wes Borland is a really talented guitarist, but once Fred Durst opens his mouth, it's just ruined. <laughs> <laughs> like their music is good. Like the guitar yeah. riffs are heavy and good. Like the music is good. The band is solid. And then Fred Durst starts making sounds and I'm just like, Oh no. <laughs> but I'll admit to that. Like, I did listen to them and buy their albums when I was younger and I have seen them live. So, I mean, it was, when I saw Limp Biscuit live, it was in probably, I want to say it was 1998 or 99, and it was Kid Rock and Limp Biscuit at like the height of their popularity. Wow. <laughs> ball with the ball. Yeah, it oh, was that man. That was, that was Kid Rock's big hit at the time. So, yeah, it was. <laughs> Before he went country. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for taking some time out to, to hop on here and chat. 
Um, yeah, for sure. I definitely think we've got more stuff to talk about. I want to find out more about you're saying you went to college for audio, would you say audio engineering or recording engineering? Re basically, recording or? engineering. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. We definitely, I want to dive more into that, but I think that could be a whole other episode is uh, I've taken some one-off classes here and there for fun, but never thinking I would actually do it as a career. So uh, I'm going to pick your brain about that a little bit more next time. Sure. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, thanks again so much for being here and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. All right. See you later, man. See you.